0: Hello and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63, Season 3, and after a bunch of research counting, Episode 12, um, we have another fun episode, another couple wins. Um, we're actually going to be do, doing things differently this week. Uh, I think we're going to end up having two episodes, so this one should be a little shorter, but with the uh, layout of the schedule this week being a midweek game against Valpo and then two weekend games, I felt like it was, uh, or we felt like it would be... Of fun to try to break it up a little bit, change it up, try something different. Um, and plus, then you're not listening to like an hour and a half episode. So, um, today we're going to be talking about the two Northern Iowa games, and then we will preview the Valpo game. Um, Lou, how are you feeling after two pretty wide margin wins this past weekend?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think last week I said I'd like to see two uh, Illinois State wins where we just crush them, and I didn't expect that. So, I think I'm very lucky to have spoken that into existence but um beyond excited to see two wins but not just two w's but two massive uh statements made against again the preseason overall favorite again a down aj green team but a, a, t- a tough team to play as always definitely
0: well said um all right we'll stay tuned and don't forget go blurs he, jumps, he passes out to hunter hunter shoots off the rim in the storage. it's over it's over we won we won the ball game Won the ball game. Oh, we won. 60 to 58. And we are back. Alright, so the first thing I want to talk about this week um, is our rankings. So obviously, like we mentioned earlier, uh, we did have two wins, uh, both coming against Northern Iowa on Saturday and Sunday. We'll get into that in a minute, but Kind of the effects of those wins are that we moved up in some some pretty good uh, some pretty well known uh, rankings. We'll start from the bottom. The first one um, that we got is the net ranking, which um, is NCAA's tool. To they made it themselves um, to kind of it's it's goes kind of in tandem with AP. It is different than AP ranking, right, Lou? Yeah. No. This is kind of. It's almost like a power ranking kind of uh,
1: metric. It's nothing to do with like deciding the AP because the end is the AP, of course, is done by um, press and everything. so there's this is more of a kind of let's add some formulas and put a few things together, kind of uh, thing based off I think strength of schedule based off uh, win margin and all that. So more of a
0: kind of a formula metric way to do the standings. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm looking at it now and um. So we moved up last week. We were at 58 and then this week we're at 41. Um, I'm also looking here and it has a record at eight and three. So I'm sure that just doesn't, they don't count non-Division one games because um, we do have 10 wins, but we have wins against uh, Lewis and uh, what the team from downstate. Uh, it's like a Peoria, St. Francis, I believe. St. Francis, yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, it doesn't count those wins, which is good. It shouldn't. Um, but there are other uh, websites that do. Um, before we move to that, the other kind of interesting name on this list is Drake. Uh, Drake is at sitting at number eleven, um, which I think they probably the net ranking really heavily weighs like the fact that they haven't lost yet, because there are, there have been some abnormalities like in the past where. Like, I think earlier this season, the Winthrop was, like, 7-0. and And in the first ranking, they were, like, number 8. And uh, other teams, like, I think uh, Siena this year is 6-0. They're probably pretty high up here because they haven't lost a game. So there are some some sort of, like, uh, discrepancies. But yeah. still impressive that Drake no, is number
1: 11. A- absolutely. Just for comparison, when the AP top 25, Drake has only 42 votes received and Winthrop has three. I do believe both. We know Drake is undefeated. I believe Winthrop is still undefeated. So again, mm-hmm. the like we said, the w- being undefeated helps the formula. Uh, just in the AP, it's kind of everyone knows the reflection of those undefeated games, especially in Winthrop and Drake's case. They're on pause, I think, or at least they they haven't played a full season. So
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, actually, definitely. I found Winthrop's at 49. So, you know, they're in the yeah. Big South, which is you know, pretty significantly worse generally than the valley. So for them to be that high is also pretty impressive too. Yep. Um, but then the next one, the next ranking, uh, we'll keep going up the list um, on Ken Palm, which is another pretty good one. It, uh, we've talked about it in the past. Uh, they have us at number thirty-five, um, so we're right in between actually North Carolina and Virginia Tech. That's a that's a good group to be in. Um, got Clemson and Florida as well, right? But right. Uh, on the other side of those two teams so um you know just another ranking just to add to the list and then my favorite uh is Haslametrics um and it has us currently as the number 25 ranked team um he actually got a question about it because he posted it um and someone was like oh well Loyola's resume isn't the 25th best resume in basketball is it and he responded and he basically, basically said no but that like a lot of the offensive and defensive numbers that we've been putting up is really impressive. Uh, we've had a lot of recent momentum, um, and that all kind of contributes to it. So, um, you know, it's still it's still early on in the season. It's only halfway, you know, potentially for a normal year. So I'm sure a lot of these metrics are a little, a little wonky, but nonetheless, still super cool to see our Loyola Ramblers there at uh, number 25. Yeah, no, and it's actually interesting that.
1: We did kind of get some putback on that from people. And it was like, I think a metric that was talked about even this weekend a lot was we actually are one of the best defensive teams in the country. I think at the time when I heard it, we were about maybe 12th in points allowed mm-hmm. per game. And we we right now are averaging, allowing, giving, allowing opponents to average 58.7 points a game. So under 60. And especially with what we did in the second game, which we'll talk about, But, like, stuff like that, I think, is really, really a a stat that it goes pretty much without its nice little, oh, you have 100 points per game kind of thing. I think a defensive stat is kind of not really as held as great um, value. But Hazelmetric really puts that, I think, to kind of the front end of what he puts in his rankings because it overall really helps down the road if you can hold the team. So, stuff like that is really interesting to see when people look for kind of more of the flashy stats, Haslametrics will kind of combine all of it, not just a few. So it's great to see
0: he's kind of caring about everything going on. So, yeah. Yeah, the, some of the other stats that I'm looking at that I think are pretty impressive. I don't know if these are just true shooting percentages, but uh, for field goal percentage, at least that's what it says on the chart here, uh, we're 10th best in the country at just over 49%. And then from three-point percent, uh, we're 12th best in the country, which is just over 39%. So, yeah, like you said, like pair that with really good defensive numbers. And that's that's got to be like pretty much the driving force behind why we're so highly rated on uh, on Haslametrics. Um, but, you know, rankings really don't mean a lot. They're really fun to look at. And I only tend to look at the ratings after we've won games because I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to look at them after we've lost and fallen. Um but uh, I also one of the other little features I really like about Haslametrics is that he breaks it down by game to um, like which mm-hmm. game was the best uh, or most efficient for our team. So right now, I mean, I think kind of unsurprisingly, our top two games are uh, I think it's the, the first contest against Illinois State when we won 90 to 60. And then our second best was just uh, this past weekend, the second game against Northern Iowa um, when we won 88 to 46. So um yeah i don't know it I, we've mentioned it so many times but if you do if you're a nerd like us um go ahead and check them out um also a good follow on twitter so um go ahead great and follow great
1: follow yeah i think a, a nice little trend i'll add is i would love to see um how our three point field gold fares with compared to last year and mm. then as well ours our attempts because like we were going to talk about three point field gold percent to be in i think right now we're sitting um, I think just after updates, we're maybe sitting like top 15 or something with nearly roughly 40% field goal from three. So that's amazing. But then compare it with then our regular field goal percentage, which is already top 10 in the country. So it is really interesting when you add all these team stats together and um, not just the kind of the big wins. You can have some tough losses as well and everything works out. So it's interesting. It is interesting. And Like you said, we're we're nerds about it. But I think when it comes to Selection Sunday, everyone's going to start looking at every t- type of stat line. So whatever going to help us get that seeding,
0: I think is worth it. For sure, it's super important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's. Unless you have any last thoughts, I think that's it. Just kind of gets a good um, overall perspective, like where we're at um, rankings-wise nationally. Uh, of course, like other teams aren't. Some teams aren't playing. Some teams are on pause. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, we still are playing our games and winning a lot of our games. And that kind of reflects like where we're at so far in the season, uh, Lou, any, any last thoughts on the, the whole ranking system? No, just excited to see moving forward. For sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of moving forward, um, the first game this past weekend, um, was, uh, really close at halftime. And then we kind of broke free, uh, in the second half, They ended up, ended up, Uh, Final score was 72 to 57. Um, I think we were down by one at halftime uh, and then came out and won the second half uh, by, you know, 16 points. So uh, definitely, definitely great to see that the second half effort. Um, I think like watching the game, um, it was kind of clear that we were missing a lot of wide open shots. But I think you'll talk about this, too, is I don't think our defense was excellent in the first half and still kind of had some things to pick up on in the second half, too. It wasn't perfect again. But um, I think overall, like uh, the biggest thing we got to talk about um, is the change to the starting lineup. Um, But I'm going to let you I'm going to let you talk about uh, like what you saw defensively. And then maybe we can hop over and talk about the starting lineup a little bit. Yeah.
1: So defensively, it Let's be honest, we held them, to, uh, everyone was, what, it was 28, 27, or 29, 28, so that one point. Um, so I can't. I think we only really defensively in the first half had a bad, I think uh, they went on a 16-6 to 6 run. And again, as I'll talk about then the response offensively, but defensively, the response in the second half wasn't as elevated as I thought for off-ball defense. So it was just really interesting. Um, and then the on-ball defense really got into it. But again, let's we can talk about the starters of it because I think that just really ignites how this game momentum went.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just before game time, a tweet went out, you know, like it usually does about the starting lineup, and kind of surprisingly, Tate was not starting. Um, I think it's for a bunch of reasons. I don't think it's just one. I think primarily. He's been struggling, and I, and I think we've kind of talked about it. It hasn't been horrible. It's not like he's going up there throwing up bricks and shooting the ball every time down the court, but I think it was just kind of clear that he kind of was putting either like a lot of pressure on himself or um, just wasn't feeling it you know, uh, from the get-go. So um, I think another reason, I, uh, Northern Iowa has a bunch of smaller guards. They have three smaller guards in addition to um, Betts and Fife. And I think coach probably saw that as a chance to get Keith Clemens in there to play some more time and keep up with some of their smaller, quicker guards um, like Bowen and Bourne, like Trey Burhow. So I think that it was it was a couple different things. But um, I was actually talking about this. It's kind of like uh, just kind of making a, a, a different sport analogy. Like in baseball, if you have a guy that's your cleanup hitter um, and he's really struggling, you know, he's striking out or popping up or whatever, you move him down in the lineup, you move him to six or seven and it takes pressure off him. And I think that's exactly in my mind. That's what coach was trying to do Just say. Like, All right. Take come off the bench. You know, you don't have to be the guy right at the beginning. You can get in the game, find your rhythm. Maybe you have uh, someone that's guarding you off the bench. And so it's a little easier. Um, and he really, really took advantage of it. I mean, I mean, what, 24 points was it? Uh, shoot. I mean, that's like, it's probably one of the best games we've seen so far. It's It definitely is the best game we've seen from Tate so far this season. And oh, probably absolutely. one of the, yeah, probably is up there with Ahir's like, career day. the oh, North Texas, yeah. One of the best no. um, games. So, yeah, go ahead. What, what did you think about his games overall? <laughs> so, I felt, um, I'll
1: be honest with the... The listeners here, I felt a little stupid. I went in it looking like, oh, Tate must be pissed. He is so pissed that he is not starting. Like, come on, who wouldn't be mad? Like, he's had a bad few games. And then you listen, and again, uh, as the play-by-play announcers, they were saying they talked with Porter. Porter said that he actually sat or talked with, I think, seven guys and said he could have seven different rotations of starters. And they all were okay. And then he pulled Tate over and said, hey, Looking for you to uh, come off the bench, is that okay and stuff like that? And Tate said, "Yeah, I'm all for it." And maybe it really is, and that's why you and I are commenting, not coaching. So maybe we this was a different kind of uh, change up to the lineup that needed was needed. But I think Tate really just showed what he's got. And quite honestly, I kept watching a lot of his highlights, and I kept watching the games again. Tate drove to the basket more, I think this these two games at least, than he has this whole season. Mm-hmm. And again, he is a great three-point shooter, but he is a lengthy player. And he, I think he's quick enough to, once he blows by that his defender, he's quick enough to make a move to the basket or be tough enough to go up against the the taller guys down low around the post. So I was very excited around that. And uh, I'm going to just, I want to compare his season to nearly this series just about tendencies because I think his three-point shooting was great. Uh, like absolutely he went two two for four, but he had eight other shots he went to the field goal. And he was eight for 12 field goal, two of those threes. So again, six of his shots were up. But again, as he scored six points from free throw, Tate, he drove to get to the line. So I think that was really exciting to see. I know he put up 24 points and that's exciting on its own. Three assists and two steals. And we'll talk about two steals, but the driving to the basket was my thing. And I think someone was listening to the podcast last week because we did talk about guys like Marquise Kennedy driving against Indiana state. We talked about the nature of guys driving when their shots are not there. And I think that just showed there. And what Tate hall is like, you're not just kind of anchored down to just shooting threes. You're, you actually having a whole nother set in your bag. And so I was very excited to see that. And also just excited to see a guy who kind of had a slump, get right back into it. And again, the points where he was led them all the way. And then, points spread out throughout. I mean, Keith Clemens had 10 points and I think for his for nearly his what of his first game starting nearly back this year mm-hmm. to have, for him to have 10 points, 5 assists was great. He moving the ball around two for three for three, so really great to see Tate respond like that off the bench and just get that W. So I think Tate responded really well. Is there anyone else you want to dive into and talk about?
0: Yeah, I was I was going to talk about Keith a little bit, same with Marquise. Um, I mean, I think they both just really um, anchored down our backcourt, um, especially, like, when Northern Iowa tried to press a little bit. They were able to break it a couple times, getting pretty wide-open shots. But Marquise just going to the basket is just so pretty. Like, he just... There's sometimes... I think there was, like, throughout, for this weekend, like, three or four different times where he's going one-on-one against Austin Fife, and he just gets up so quick and so high that it's like Fife can't even do anything. Like, he challenges a shot, but marquise is just really nice going to the basket oh my Uh, god it is i i didn't realize this until this game that he just i
1: feel like it's effortless just to get to the rim like i don't know if it's just me but he is just pure athletic and it's it's, sometimes i'm like is he did he dunk because he didn't jump but he's just so pure athletic (laughs) so it it amazes me still and i think that's why i'm just in all of his skill and i think again i i hope he's here for a while because there's plenty more to come but Marquise was great to see, but please talk about Keith. I was very excited about this.
0: Yeah. I, I just think they were calling him the captain or the sheriff on the court or something like the announcers were, which I think is kind of a silly name, but I think it, there's some truth to it. Like, I think he's just such a calm sense. I think he gives a little bit different, like uh, he's got a little different play style. He's not afraid to shoot mid range jump shots, especially when he's like wide open, you know, he can, he can drive to the hoop and and stop and on a dime and get a nice free throw jumper. And that's just, like, something that's, like, a little different. It's a little a wrinkle of his in his game. Um, but he's just so smart with the basketball. I think he, um, for as, like, accurate as Braden can be with passes, I think Clemens is creative. Like, he gets the ball. Especially him and Welch seem to have a really nice chemistry um, pick and roll or um, when Welch is posting up or something. Uh, I think this weekend they had at least, like, two or three different times when they when they connected on a a pick and roll. So that was really nice to see. Um, I mean, kind of a a slow game or not, not a great game from cam, but I think I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, I think he missed a bunch of shots that he usually makes. Austin Fife is really good. I didn't even though like Fife had 18 and 12 rebounds. It didn't really feel like that. Like it it felt like it almost didn't matter. Um, I'm sure it would have mattered a lot more if it was closer towards the end of the game, but it just felt like, especially, you know, halfway through the second half, they were kind of up by, like, eight or nine, and Fife would go down the court, he'd get a layup, but then we'd kind of come right back down and, and score ourselves. So, um, I don't know, maybe that was, like, a strategy of theirs, to kind of just let Fife get his, and make sure none of the guards score, because they didn't really double him at all on the post. So, I think it was more of a strategy than anything, um, but... I, I wasn't worried. I, I'm not worried about Cam this this one game for sure. I don't know about you. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I, 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 the points for Fife, I think they were just
1: feeding him. I really didn't understand. Um, he, he practically nearly, I think, had nine and 9.8 rebounds after the first half.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that was just their goal. Um, Cam, I'm not worried about offensively. I was definitely more frustrated than usual just because some of the shots seemed a little taken too quick. He did have a beautiful move um, early on, I think, that five, And I think it was just a quick spin move. Or maybe actually it probably wasn't five on him at the time. But there was a battle. And so the only thing I'm going to say is this game, this series defined that I'm going to be a little word. And when we do a preview, and this is down the road, when it comes to cage prim, mm-hmm. um, when it gets to like a hemp, when it gets to a tank of uh, Drake. So when we get to other seasoned guys, and I think prim is just going to be up there. But again, as I'm not worried, as it from a team's perspective? Because look at the ways we can score. So I think we're just going to have to be a little bit smarter with how we're going to feed Cam. Um, maybe it's him. He's just the facilitator because I would like to see his assist go up a little bit more. Again, he had three, which is amazing from Cam because three is assist. But again, we know we can go a little bit better. So not worried uh, defensively. I think he held Fife decently. Again, Fife has that little bit extra of a, uh, a reach, I think, on him, maybe an inch or two. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, his five had six turnovers. So defensively, That's we were kind of holding, locking them down. Um, I just would like to click cam to we have to comment, just clean it up a little bit with the field goals. I do think there were a few were close ones. Um, and <laughs> he's not the only one. There are plenty of guys. I'm even sure Marquise Kennedy had a few. And I, again, you, you get mad at these guys cause you know, they can get these easy buckets and like you said, we're lucky it didn't need to come down to it at the end of the game. But if it did come down to it, then we're going to be harping on it because it's like you had a wide open layup. So that that's my only thing. But I'm really excited to use this game as a kind of a benchmark for how we should handle Cage Prim or should, how we should handle Tank Moon forward. And this is our first real taste of a big man. I was hoping Illinois State was going to sh- give us to us with their big guy, but... Fife was, I think, nearly a perfect way to practice um, against mm-hmm. so a really contentious big. So, But um, I think uh, moving down the line, unless you have anything with uh, Cam there?
0: No, uh, nothing more with Cam, just kind of more general. So if you got something specific, go for it.
1: Yeah, no, um, Lucas was really interesting. I, I think it was more, again, his defense was decent and great. Um, three for seven, but something just uh, that popped was like, the commentator said something about politics. So I think he is just that leader. Um, he mm-hmm. played 30 minutes, which I was just show because he, I don't think he ever really left the court. That was one thing I noticed. He was just always out there. And the thing was the different lineups we had out there. Um, even I think what, I think Jacob Hudson got in there at the end or kind of at the end of the first half, we had Baylor Hebb in there. So it was really interesting just to see Lucas lead and take that and it's funny because I think the first game really then kind of resonated Lucas's game for the the second game uh, mm-hmm. just because I think it just really was a shocker to see the difference of what was needed for the first game. So Lucas was surprised. And I hear, um, I think, again, like we talked about, there's going to be hot and cold streaks and there's really nothing on him per se. Um, I think it's more of just Tate had a good night and then Marquise. I just have to reiterate how great and exciting it is. Um, I
0: have a few general things, but let's see what you got. Yeah, I mean, the first general thing I just want to talk about is um, turnovers. I mean, they had they turned the ball over 18 times. We turned it over five times. I mean, yep. that's that. I mean, you're not going to lose many games when you turn the ball over five times, and then you're also not going to lose very many games when you cause 18 turnovers. Um, so to put those together, I mean, that's impressive. And then the last thing I'm gonna say is, um, I feel like I'm the the meme where the dude is sitting on a college campus and he's at the table and he's got a sign, and right now I'm Lucas Williamson is Defensive Player of the Year. Changed yep. my mind. So that's all i gotta say about that um if you want to finish it up and then we can move to the next game yeah no i
1: think um, the on-ball defense was amazing i i did mention off ball like we said earlier off ball defense was a little just i think there were just openings that we gave you and i that we definitely didn't need uh and i'm not just talking about going over or under on a screen just there were definitely times where they had a free open shot and not really contested and they just missed it so i think it was more of for off ball defense, it was more they just they were making mistakes and or they weren't making shots when we were making mistakes. But on ball defense in the second half was Marquise Kennedy. I'm surprised it only said one steal. I feel like he caused a whole bunch, mm-hmm. but just even Cam, I think, had three, Lucas has two, Keith had three. So I think everyone was really active and it was funny because I was really watching stuff and I and I thought I saw two similar clips in the first game and the second game. But there were just some times where everyone's kind of jumping to get that steal that pass. They they're they're paying attention to the ball moving. So it was really exciting to see. The only thing, and I had to talk about it because this was, and I forgot to mention it when talking about Fife. I don't know what's up with our rebounding defensively. Uh, mm-hmm. We gave up 14 offensive rebounds to you and I, uh, so that wasn't something I really liked seeing. Um, again, is uh, we had a lot of points off turnovers while they had 11 points off second chance. Uh, Points. So we actually got to hold them, even though they got those offensive rebounds. They really didn't do much with it. But they had 14 offensive rebounds. So I was just a little disappointed with that. Um, they did out rebound us uh, by nine. But again, as I just think we weren't crashing on offensive rebounds ourselves, which is interesting. I think Porter's game plan is to get back. But um, there was a bit of frustration at the end of the, I think, end of the first half or beginning of the second half of this game where. Um, a re an offense or a defensive rebound could have happened. Cam wasn't able to get to it, and then we didn't get it, and it was jump ball because a lot of oh my god, the end of the first half it had to have been because how many times did we have to go to the play by play to mm-hmm. figure out what happened with the clock? But yeah, just a little a little frustrating. Let's grab some more defensive rebounds, I think. Just to again, this was a game that we got away with. I just think moving down the line, when we're playing Drake and we're playing um, Missouri State, you hope they look at this and be like, hey, we got to clean it up. This is more just clean up things. We're, we mm-hmm. did things that were great, but we, again, there's always things to improve. So defensive rebounds, let's keep that going. But again, a great second half. I'm again, happy to see guys like everyone really just get out there. Um, I think Paxson even got in for a little bit.
0: Jacob got in. Uh, so just happy to see it. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of cleaning up things, I would say that uh, they did that very well going into the second game. Um, so, The second game of the back to back. uh, Loyola ended up winning 88 to 46. That is a 42 point victory margin, which is the largest that we've had in our Valley play uh, since joining the conference back in 2014, 2013. Um, So, yeah, it was, um, I mean, it was fun. It was fun to watch. I don't know how else to say it. Um, I think we ended up, we were up 16 at halftime, 15 or 16. 15, yeah. Um, really turned it on probably with like six or eight minutes to go in the first half. Um, there's actually a moment uh, I, I thought was kind of important where I think, I think Northern Iowa had just given up the leads. So I think we just took it like 22 to 21, something like that. And Trey Burhau had this like absolute monster dunk. Like it was, it was impressive. I, there's no other way to say it. Like I, he just, you know, cut and it was open and dunked it. And, I was like, oh, no, like this is this is not that's not good. You know, it's a big momentum shift. But our team, our guys are just not phased at all. Went right back down the court. I think they even might have made a three right after that or at least scored a bucket. And then I think they scored one more point the rest of the first half, something like that. So um, that was definitely for me, like one one uh, one important moment that I saw that was could have potentially been a big momentum shift, but ended up uh, our guys just kind of stayed the course. Um, Just to kind of run down a list. I mean, everyone played a bunch of minutes because the game was kind of over like six minutes into the second half. Um, It it turned quick. It turned quick. But again, yeah, Tate was our leading scorer with 13 points. Both Cam and uh, Braden had 11. And then Tom Welch finished with 10. So we did have four guys in double digits, but a, a bunch of guys with like six or seven points. Um, but yeah, it just a uh, great to see Tate again, like come out there. He had three for four from three, uh, five for six in total from the field. Um, he also had six assists, which yeah, is, yeah. I think the most we've seen him have, he just was like feeling it. He just was really feeling it out there. Um, what, sorry, I didn't, I thought I cut you off. Did you have anything to add about Tate?
1: No, just the six assists. I was really impressive to see that. Um, you don't, I, I'll just from my take, I don't normally see him being the facilitator. Um, I know he passes it down low to Cam, but really exciting to see that stat kind of just jump out from Tate again, showing his really just can do anything out there on the court. And even again, coming off the
0: bench. So unselfish play there. Yeah, Um, I also think it's just some of my like overall takes from this game. Um, I think it's actually really important that we uh, the game was over early. Because we do have that game on Wednesday, we do have that then a doubleheader Saturday and Sunday, I think, unless it's Sunday Monday. But either way, we're going to be playing five games in like eight days. That's a lot of basketball, especially um, like these guys are used to playing, you know, maybe four games in what, like ten days usually. So it's just like it's a big shift. Um, it's 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 in these games, especially the last two against Bradley, are going to be really important. So. I'm super happy that uh, Coach kind of realized that and pulled some guys off the court rather than letting them just like run up the score, or run up their stats or whatever, um, so that they could be rested and healthy for Wednesday. Um, the other thing that I just noticed, I mean, we're just hitting shots. I mean, you're when you're when you're 55% from three, 11 of 20, and <laughs> 62% from the field in total. Yeah, that's crazy. Those are just crazy numbers. But they had open shots. Like, no, it's not like we were making like crazy shots like they were just open guys were were setting screens off ball and and um uh cam was finding the open guys when they would collapse on him down low uh you know it was it was a whole team effort everyone was making shots um you know Braden had three threes tate had three threes lucas had two pax had one marquise had one and keith had one so it was just everyone was making it and uh, uh i think just good uh good team effort you know Alu, what are your kind of initial thoughts on the game as a whole? Yeah, no, just to go
1: back to your point, I, I'm tremendously happy we actually got rest for a lot of these guys because I didn't notice it until um, the announcers talked about our series. We're playing six games in over a 15-day stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just finished the two you and I, Then we got Valpo, Then we got two at Bradley. And then on the 31st of the month, we're at Missouri State. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a quick turnaround, I think, uh, just in general of this season being, Oh, it's back to backs. It's so there's not really kind of a, a time to adjust in my opinion to, again, maybe it's that whole similar situation when we had Indian state, we only had 48, maybe 30 hours, you could say good hours of practice and everything. So I think it's going to be interesting, this stretch. I love the start of it with you and I. Um, so just, I think a tremendous point and, and I think the reason, main why we got to rest, guys, just the shooting. You, you can't go unnoticed field goal percent in three-point. We joked last week of needing to find a better shots, and I just think they found better shots overall. Though we could see free throws go up a little bit better. I, I do think we'll, we'll take a little bit of improvement there. But, um, again, 55% overall from three, just phenomenal to see. I mean, again, the guys who took the most shots are the guys I'm happy with. Um, Lucas took, I think, a ridiculous far shot at one point, which I was like scared and happy. Um, but again, um, just crazy to see the bench really get out there. Uh, Tom Welch, really a decent game, I thought. Uh, trying to find that three. I was just laughing that, yes, take it. I just forget he shoots a three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marquise Kennedy, again, though, I like, I love him. His defense, two steals. Uh, I really like to see, try to pick a pocket a few times with reaching. Um, he didn't get it. But he was really aggressive, which I really enjoyed. Um, caused, I think, a jump ball at least. So um, nothing too shabby there. Um, the assists were really spread out. Braden with four, Cam with four, and then, again, Tate with six was great. Um, locked up defense, I think that was just, again, you and I couldn't shoot in the second half. They just couldn't. And it was a little sad to see, again, with just how hot we were, but I think our defense was just pure great. Trey Burhau had only three points from the free throw line. Um, so that was great to see. Uh, so it was just really exciting um, just to, to kind of turn around defense that we we're able to put and for a second game to have guys uh, from the bench really get out there. And again, we'd love seeing, we got to mention Jacob Hudson getting out there, mm-hmm. scoring a bucket, um, a few of the walk on Sammy will and Jake. Um, and again, as I, I think the only thing is, I think Cooper's kind of trying to find himself after again, he came back from an injury. Um, that's tough and I don't think he properly got a full recovery if you think about it because he probably was still recovering in end of March of last year. Mm -hmm. So I think with everything going on, so I'm not too worried about Cooper. I think he's trying to really find his, his strength and everything. So I I just hope we can get him out there a little bit more. Um, Paxton had seven points. That was an interesting name. Mm -hmm. we don't really see. Uh, So just overall, great. Um, I do want to talk to you about what I noticed um, that something that was you really didn't get to notice if we didn't get to put out the bench out there. But um, this goes to when we play cage Prim and when we play tank. But there was a few issues I noticed when Tom was on when we went small. And that's just Mm -hmm. what we got to pay attention to is Tom just couldn't get around the the, his guy he was on. Uh, Sometimes they were able to drop it over Tom um, and nothing really on him that we try to collapse down. Um, it just, the ball got there. And again, again, we were kind of lucky. You and I missed a lot of shots, but I'm just worried. What do you think? Sh- again, maybe do we play this lineup? with a here. And again, is that's where I'm trying to figure out where Tate or even Tom falls. Cause Tate was out there for quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I think our guard situation is set up defensively. I think Lucas mm-hmm. best defense out there. I think you can say Marquis coming up there as a backup is, he's learning from Lucas or doing something right because he knows how to defend on ball. So I think we kind of got the lockdown there. I'm just, again, I'm intrigued moving forward. And there's something to note is when Tom's got the the center spot or at least the stretch for how we're going to rotate a a guy down to kind of defend the post.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the only thing I think you're right. I mean, I think Tom is undersized. I think he is for being a center um, undersized, both height and kind of like strength wise. So I think you know playing against Austin Fife, um, as someone like him or Gage Pram or even like Jake Laravia from Indiana State, um, they're gonna if Tom's in there against a big center, they're gonna have to double, like they're gonna have to at least or at least show like double, like have a, a guard kind of come in, try to try to steal the ball, knock it away, stuff like that, just to kind of annoy him, give him a different look. Um, but yeah, it's it's not a great situation. I would agree with you. I think Tom's best shot is to kind of either try to front him and make it a really difficult pass over top and hope someone from behind might be able to come and knock the ball away. Um, or Tom has to have quick hands. Um, I I mean, from my minimal basketball experience, which just goes through high school, I was a post player and I'm, I'm fairly tall. I'm six foot four. But there are times when I had to play defense and guys who are six, 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 seven. And like, I'm not, you know, I can't stand my ground to that. So what you do is you try to be quick with your hands, swipe down, kind of stick it, uh, stick one of your hands around. You can often get called for fouls for that, which he does, um, but you kind of have to be more creative when you're um, when you're undersized. And that could include taking charges, um, but just to go body-to-body, body, like on Austin Fike, it's a losing battle for Tom Love at this it, point in his career.
1: Exactly. And again, I, like I said, I think in games like this, it's just a – it's just tough. We got Austin Fight such a big guy. Cage Prim, we'll see. So, when we're playing teams, particularly maybe like Southern Illinois against a, a Marcus Domask or teams that just don't have that top big guy, I think Tom definitely can run the floor and be mm-hmm. that. Um, again, he's, he played perfectly as a post guy. He would sit and wait for passes. Uh, I think there was a beautiful play in, the sec, in this game where he just waited for the pass to develop. Uh, I think Marquise or someone, or Keith even. Uh, let the two defenders come up to him and he just dished it right under the Tom and Tom jammed it, right? So again, as though Tom, I think also had a move against Austin Fife on offense because Tom's quicker. So again, it's Mm -hmm. really, it's that it's the catch 22. We we love when Tom can beat him on offense. I'm just a little worried on defense. So, but something you just said also, I had a note, the fouls were pathetic in this game. I I saw so many, I think there was an offensive charge foul on Cam that was the guy, half his foot was in the restricted zone, I think. Um, I think there was a blocking foul that was just too too weird to even call. So, yeah, there were a lot of weird fouls, I have to say, in this game. Luckily, no one fouled out, but I think a lot of people had fouls. A few guys at three, but uh, that was just a note I had. But great yeah, game. Again, yeah, it just, just tough to see those little knickknack things.
0: For sure, in both ways, too. Like, I think there were some on Northern Iowa as well that were kind of just bogus. Especially just like a game like... Uh, like Northern Iowa loyal is always so physical. The Valley in general is very physical. So like I'd just rather see no calls than anything. Like yeah, of course if you get hit in the head or on the arm or whatever when you're shooting, like yeah it should be a foul. But I don't care to see like arm checks on the the like chest be called or on the hips be called. Like that's that doesn't matter. Like you play through that. Like I I, I agree. It was just kind of a bummer more than anything. And if the game was closer, it would have been a lot more frustrating. But Um, Just from like a pure basketball watching standpoint, it wasn't the most like enjoyable game to watch because of that. And I was always like frustrated both teams for getting fouls called on them. So, um, yeah, I agree.
1: But overall, it was a great game. The second half just blew blew my socks off. Just great how Mm -hmm. we played and shooting was lights was on fire. So great to see the two W's and excited for Valpo and excited for the
0: rest of the week. Yeah, one of the just kind of my last thoughts on this game, I was kind of I've been talking to, to friends about like the team and like or my family, like asking me, like, oh, what do you think about the team? And up until this weekend, I had been saying, like, I think they're good. I, I definitely think that they're going to be first, second, or, you know, at the worst, like third in the conference. But I, I hadn't seen like a one of those games where I, I was like, oh, they can they can be that good. And like in years past, like I remember the final four year, we saw them crush Drake on the road. And then kind of the, the arch madness championship game where they beat uh, Illinois state was also another kind of statement game for them. And obviously like the Florida game. Um, and even like, like uh, two years ago when um, it was uh, Towns and, and Crotwig were kind of the, you know, Custer's last year. Um, I think they had a couple, I think they had a good win in Northern Iowa. And, and, you know, there was just a couple games. Where I was like, okay, like that's how good they can be. And this was the game for me. Like, that I was like, okay, even though they don't have AJ Green, no team wins by 42 points in the Valley. Like that just doesn't happen. Like I saw um, Bradley beat uh, who the Indi- uh Illinois State, I think, or whoever they played this Evansville. Evansville. They beat Evansville. Oh, Evansville. Sorry,
1: this weekend they played Evansville. Yep.
0: Yeah, they beat Evansville by like 35 points or 32 points or something, and that was their largest victory ever in the Valley. And they've been in the Valley way longer than we have. So like. Forty two point victories. I don't care if we're playing Evansville or or, you know, Northern Iowa or Illinois State. It doesn't matter. Like that just doesn't happen. So um, this for me was a statement game for the team. And this is at least for me is the high watermark so far of like this whole season. Um,
1: Just a a take on that is really interesting is we beat Illinois State by 30 and by 31 and I still think you and I before these two games, I thought you and I was the way better team than Illinois State, mm-hmm. even without AJ Green. And I still think they are a better team than Illinois State, just because I think they have more well-rounded guys around the UNI roster. So I, I think to do that to you and I, even without AJ Green, I think they shouldn't. We shouldn't have been able to blow them out that easy, but we made it look easy, and I'm mm-hmm. liking what I see. So I agree with you. It was it was definitely kind of a wake up call to even consider what the rest of Valley play looks like. So, but I think we're
0: excited, uh, moving forward. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all I had on, on, uh, our games this weekend. Um, both good, uh, obviously second one a little bit better. Um, but, um, you know, as, as it is in the Valley, you got to move on and, and go to the next game. And that next game for us is going to be on Wednesday, uh, at Valparaiso. So how the schedules worked this year, Uh, is that we play four teams uh, both games at home four teams both games on the road and then your travel partner which is like I think for all or mostly most all of the teams is the closest in proximity travel wise so for us it's Valparaiso Um, so we're going to be going on the road for the first game on Wednesday Um, Valpo has actually played the fewest amount of uh, Loyola games of Valley games this year Uh, They still have only played two. So um, they had their initial series against Bradley canceled, or postponed rather. They had uh, a series against uh, Illinois State postponed, um, and then uh, same with Southern Illinois. So they've only played two Valley games so far against Missouri State, and um, they were, you know, they lost by 13 and 10, so I'm sure at one point in the game it was probably close, but uh, Missouri State really probably ended pretty strong. And then um, they also played uh, a game this past weekend against DePaul, which, you know, I'd love to get that game in against DePaul. But uh, they lost that game 77 to 58. So um, I know DePaul was looking for an opponent because theirs got postponed. Same thing with with Valpo. Um, But, um, yeah, I mean, Valpo so far this year, nothing too crazy. Uh, they did play Purdue pretty well. Um, it was a pretty close game. Purdue's very good this year. The Big Ten is very good. Uh, their wins have come against uh, SIUE and then Purdue Northwestern and let's see one other game. Or no, have they only won? Oh, am I missing one here? Let's see. They lost to UIC. They beat. Oh, and then Judson, like a, a D2 school. So they've only had two uh, Division I wins uh so far so um yeah i don't know uh, lou what are your thoughts kind of against valpo any anything you're looking for or anything from valpo that kind of worries you
1: yeah well i i thought they would have a different season i could tell you that they start off decent losing only six to vanderbilt losing only seven to purdue getting crushed by uic frankly by 16 so i think it kind of turned for them um Again, what I'm looking for is uh, they beat us last year, so they know how to beat us. Again, though, they have a different lineup. They don't have a Javon Freeman Liberty. So I think what I'll be interested to see is I think they do have a decent amount of point guards uh, mm-hmm. that can shoot and that can run the ball. I just don't think they really have anyone down low. So I'm expecting to see Cam really produce and have a lot better of field goal uh, day than he did in the second game at UNI. Um, I like to see it here, drive to the basket uh, himself. And again, I think you'll see a lot more of that. Um, personally, I think that's just the way to go. Val- Valpo's got a lot of point guards that are pretty good and savvy. So I think let's uh, kind of shake it up uh, offensively, defensively. Just do the same, lock it up. Um, I think you might see, um, uh, uh, again, I think this is a game potentially you could see Uh, Ben starting to play uh, a few double-digit minutes so again excited for this game like you said it's the local game Um, Lou uh, would love to see a local game but again we'll (laughs) just have to deal with I think they're like 40 miles maybe away from I don't know Chicago so they're local so we'll see yeah
0: yeah I would say um, I'm actually kind of happy we're playing them the one game the standalone games Because I actually think, like you said, they have a lot of guards. They do have a lot of depth. Um, I'm not saying, like, all their guys are really good. But there are guys on here that I know that are, um, you know, down the roster that I I know have produced for them at different times. Uh, They're led by Ben Cricky and Donovan Clay, who both have been in the Valley now uh, for at least a year. Um, Nick Robinson, uh, great guard. Um, Is it Aaron Gordon? I think it's Aaron Gordon. Um they're starting big uh is Malik McMillan. He's 6-8. Actually Ben Cricky is taller than him at 6-9, but uh Cricky is much more of an outside shooter, kind of a stretch forward. So I doubt he's going to be guarding uh Cam. And then you got guys like uh Daniel Sackey who's been there. I think he's a, he I think he's a senior. He's it feels like he's been there forever. Um and they have a couple kind of younger freshmen that I know contribute. So um I'm I'm happy that they're playing them on the one-on-ones because I actually think if they played a back-to-back that the second game might be kind of closer than we we uh, would have thought like I think we have better high-end talent but if those guys had to play a full game the day before I think it's possible valpo's bench could kind of come in and and look pretty good so yeah but like you said I think this is a game where cam I hope he puts up you know 15 and nine or 18. And, seven or 12 and 10 or something like I I just think that he needs to kind of have a game and and look good and um but I think like you said too I think this could potentially be a game where the bench sees um a fair bit of time let's put it that way but who knows it's the valley anything can happen I wouldn't be surprised too if we're sitting here later in the week going oh glad we won by three points or whatever it might be so um don't want to take them lightly but uh yeah I think uh Unless you have any last thoughts, um, uh, like like I said kind of earlier in the podcast, we're gonna there'll, there'll be a second episode this week, so it'll be shorter. Uh, we'll talk about the Valpole game, and then we'll preview the Bradley series, uh, and then kind of anything else if it pops up along the way. Um, but yeah, so far uh, we are in second place just because Drake uh, is still undefeated. Um, they're on hold or they're on pause or whatever, um, but we're also five and one, same as Missouri State. So definitely uh, something to keep our eyes on because Missouri State is looking very good uh, so far this year. Lou, any any last thoughts? Any, uh, I don't know, internal struggles that you're having that you want to air out on the podcast? No, just, Cam, go have a career day against Falvo. I think oh, you deserve it. Go have a career day? Okay. Yeah,
1: I think. that's that's all. Get a double-double. You haven't seen one in a while.
0: Yeah, it has been a minute since cam got a double double well let's see luke called that um i'll call what's my call for this week you know i want to see i want to see Braden get 10 assists i think uh i think he will have one this year and uh why not against alpha so that's and my then call
1: i just i'm just gonna ha- add because i'm
0: selfish cooper caphas get uh two threes two threes cooper caphas okay you hear it here cam double double Braden norris 10 assists cooper two threes that's our calls um, but yeah, thank you for uh, thank you all for listening. Um, and and like I said, hopefully the two podcast deal goes well. I uh, just want to change it up. Hopefully, y'all enjoy it. But I think that is gonna do it here from Buck and Lou at Podcast sixty three. Thank you all for listening, and don't forget, go blurs.